Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Oh, Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, the executive producer of The Jason Ellis Show on Sirius XM and a one-time WNBA practice squad player. That is correct, yeah. Is that really, literally, did you ever receive a paycheck from the WNBA? I received gear. So I don't know if that counts as like a trade in kind. No, you're more of a swag hag. Right, right. So I just got a bunch of Mystics t-shirts and towels. That is uh, Andrew Groose you are hearing from, as many of you I'm sure already know. Literally several of you have requested an all-NBA edition of the Tully Show. So with the 2017-18 season upon us, here we go. A full preview of the burning questions surrounding the NBA. And I guess the first question is, mm-hmm. the NBA.com released a survey yesterday of that they did with GMs, and 93% said the Warriors would repeat as champions. Right. Does that diminish go, your, your level of excitement going into the season at any level? Should it? Yes. Does it? Not at all. I've been dealing with this for like a couple of seasons now, right? And... No, I can still get like you and me are going to argue about how good the Wizards are going to be, even though the Wizards aren't as good as teams that aren't as good as teams that don't have a shot at beating the Warriors. That makes sense. Yeah, they're not in the tier that is the second tier to the Warriors. No, they're in the third one. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but but they're still very competitive and very compelling. The idea, though, that because this the survey no, you were it totally should and, and, and you know in just about any other sport it absolutely would following the NBA I, we should probably do a little bit of of background you are I guess a lifelong NBA fan right and you are um, and you did how, how far you played college basketball started to blew, when, blew the knee out is that when you realized the dream was over yeah yeah I have a very similar story I I broke my shoulder playing I was a B team quarterback okay and I, I was 12 years old who knows how far I could have taken this thing cannon until I, that injury <laughs> it's still fucked up can I tell you it is still fucked up I don't know what sort of deranged unqualified madman operated on me but I bumped into a door the other day and I hit it right on the spot you had a full-on surgery so it wasn't like yeah. it was just popped out and they no no, no I got a, I got a big scar and like a plate? No. It seems like I could I had screw I had pins at the time. Seems like I could use a couple screws because I basically have like another set of balls on my right shoulder. If I get hit in it, I don't need to get hit very hard for it to hurt a lot. And that happened twenty eight years ago. Yeah, similarly, I have bolts for the ACLs. If you tap those, uh, not the bone, you tap the bolts, it uh, sends shivers up and down my legs. So, yeah, I, I right. get the injuries that we've had. You gamble, you follow sports, you follow sports media, you follow the games, the people talking about the games, the people talking about the people talking about the games. You're a problem gambler. All this is accurate? That's that's true. And I was a uh, – basketball was always like my third love in pro sports behind baseball and football. And then the world sped up and baseball and football just – did not keep up. I actually successfully watched one baseball game this week over the course of several sittings and many skip aheads. And it was good. It was good. I dug it. But uh, the NBA is so fun to follow on so many different levels. 
I actively follow the Brooklyn Nets, who, if we were in Europe, would not even be in the NBA anymore. Right. Now, I like... My fandom started, I got spoiled when the Wizards were changing, or when the Bullets were changing the Wizards, because we had Rasheed Wallace, Chris Webber, Juwan Howard, and those teams then fell apart, and I was then blessed with Michael Jordan for a couple years, which was Mm. just a whole other, just circus show around his being a part of the team, owning it, playing it, uh, verbally accosting uh, Richard Hamilton, Kwame Brown, It it was nuts, but... As a Washingtonian, I've never had a very good team to cheer for up until recently. Yeah. And as you said a couple minutes ago, they're still not in the the tier that could potentially contend for the Eastern Conference final, it seems. I can see how exciting in retrospect it was when Michael Jordan showed up since you did not yet realize he was no longer Michael Jordan. He was a little bit heavier and didn't exactly <laughs> did he have look... a mustache by then? <laughs> yeah. Didn't exactly look peak Chicago Bulls Jordan. But... No, didn't exactly seem to totally care about everything that would go into being an elite NBA player, but still had that uh, still had that fadeaway. I was still excited. I'm a little bit less excited if we get like the fourth time Cavs Warriors final this year. That is true. Well, and that's the weird thing about. See, I guess I people probably feel this way about the sports that that they love too. I will follow like and care the fuck out of that NBA finals matchup, but it will be an anti climax. It's almost like watching a movie where, like, a horror movie where by the end, once you you stop seeing like glimpses of the bad guy's face, and now he's just out there and get, he's actually taking a couple punches to the face too. It's kind of like the ride to get here was a lot more fun than the payoff. I'm fine with that. Now, if like the Warriors approach 70 wins and the Cavs approach 65 wins that'll be disappointing if they are knocked down if something like Oklahoma City starts playing really well the uh, Rockets and you start to get like a three-tier Western Conference top level like that'll be more exciting but if it's just a cakewalk for both those teams and I think we're likely to see Cavaliers the Cavaliers rest players again and not exactly care about the regular season as we've seen the past couple years have you actually looked at this Cavs roster that's one of the things I'm irrationally excited about Derrick Rose yeah, that's in the, Cleveland. That's, that is the only way to be excited about Derrick Rose. See, here's the thing. He is the fifth option on offense at best, and I didn't watch a ton of Knicks games last year because I, I, I can't Because you can, right. You're right. Melo is not fun to watch play basketball right now, but his stats weren't terrible. He was like mid-teens and six, seven assists, something like that. So... Make him the yeah, fifth because, option because all Derrick Rose was trying to do was was in his walk year try to run up his stats as best he possibly could so he could get one last payday. But you think like he's going to be? Dude, he's he's a, he's a glorified Darren Williams. He's running the second team. At least with, Darren with Williams Wade. made his pace with his piece with his inability to score five years ago. I'm I'm excited about Derrick Rose. You shouldn't be. You're gonna be, you'll be disappointed right there. If we're making predictions, you will be disappointed by Derrick Rose. He's going to start with Isaiah coming off the bench and. and working his way back from the hip injury, I just think he can do minimal work at the point guard position, and he won't have to de- – I mean, here's the thing. The problem he is that – He can kick, get no respect. I mean, he can drive, get no respect, kick. He, I mean, you can't count on him for an outside shot. What he's good at is he is like a very poor man's Kyrie Irving. He can get to the hoop, and he can get a shot off from crazy angles. The critical difference between the two is when um, Kyrie does that, the ball goes in the basket – that's important, but <laughs> if the Cavs go small and start Kevin Love at center, which mm-hmm. I think is what they're planning on doing and bringing Tristan off the bench, 
you can really just go five wide with Wade, LeBron, uh, Derek Rose, Kevin Love, and if you run JR out there, whoever else. Okay, wait. So they went from, I think we had figured out at this stage of LeBron's career, maybe this was always the case with LeBron, so surround LeBron with four shooters and he cannot be stopped. Right. So the Cavs have surrounded LeBron with Dwayne Wade, not a shooter. D- Derek Rose, not a shooter. Kevin Love, in a perfect world, not a shooter, forced out there because that's what we do to everybody who is six foot. He can 10. shoot though. Yeah, I know, but it's still is that like his is that his primary gift as a basketball player? Fuck no, of course no. You, you, we're now talking about four guys who ideally would be living in or near the paint, who will now be in. Well, three of them will be out in the perimeter around LeBron, and who is the fifth? Well, Jr. Obviously can shoot, but I don't think Jr. is going to start. Or if you bring Shumpert, uh, Shumpert. It's whoever you oh, fit boy. in there. I'm not, I'm telling you, I. Corver, you are the guy who knows what you're talking about as the guy who has no idea what I'm talking about. And as somebody who it pains me to actually say this, um, I, I believe the Celtics are coming for the Cavs this year. And I mean, it's interesting. You threw Dwayne Wade out there as the guy that can't shoot listening to, to Zach Lowe's I know podcast. He's, I know he's improved. I know he's improved. Van Gundy said he would shoot better than 40% from three, which if he does, I, I, yeah, I you're, you're still talking about negating the guy's elite skill set like when when it, when when he goes to the hall of fame it will not be because right, it's he's the guy that got knocked down 10 times and got yeah. up 10 times right i just have an irrational like of what derrick rose can do i'm not as positive I, I don't know what what are your expectations of isaiah thomas i have no idea i'm not a doctor and i guess everything comes down to that he's a guy that you see okay and he's so, in his walk year right so he's got to get his i it's really complicated for me because my allegiance as a fan is I'm I'm a Nets fan, but there's nothing to root for there and probably won't be for a long time. So I have evolved into a guy who just sort of roots against LeBron James. It's nothing personal. It's just kind of fun. He's the Terminator, you know, and as phenomenal as he is, the end certainly must be in sight of, of LeBron James being head and shoulders clearly. Like Le- LeBron James and any four NBA players as a championship contender, that era must be drawing to a close and now the Celtics are, I believe, are going to rise up and become the power in the East. And knowing that the, it's it's more than just stupidity, but the 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 really poor planning and unfortunate luck, which is what it is if you look into it, of the Nets for having gifted the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics had to do a lot of things right with the gifts they received from the Nets. But to know that I've been waiting for LeBron's reign of terror to end in the East for like over 10 years and to feel like it is going to be replaced by another team that is going to make me sick to my stomach for another decade is really, really hard to swallow. So you're sold. What was your question? (laughs) You're sold on the Celtics. Do you think it's like a 50 50? I don't know. I have have no idea. But man, they're they're just they just keep on getting guys. I, I know. No, to be honest with you, I'm not really all that sold on oh okay so you asked about isaiah i wanted them you know it's like they always say in baseball like what um if you want to know what reliever to bring in ask the other team's fans what reliever they don't want to come in i desperately wanted the celtics to max out isaiah thomas before he got hurt and after he got hurt no disrespect to isaiah but he just seems like the kind of guy that could become a lodestone on your salary cap because he is so unlikely to be able to keep that up into his 30s so the fact that they got that they got rid of him seems like 
another master stroke. And not that the Cavs are unaware of what they got in Isaiah Thomas, but that was like my last hope is with all those picks and with all that cap space and with all that flexibility and with all those assets, if they locked up Isaiah, there was a, there was going to be likely a ceiling on how great the Celtics could actually get. Now there is no such ceiling because they're not done building. So saddling the potential Celtics with Isaiah's contract yeah. of a 5'9", 5'10", guard who absorbs contact at the rim when he's looking on the other side of 30 wouldn't have been beneficial to their future. Right. Like, look, as, as somebody who roots a lot for the Thunder, it's awesome that they signed up Westbrook. That's an absolute no-brainer, but that's not without that's not without risk because Russ is a guy who relies on, totally on his athleticism and on his ability to explode past anybody in the league. And I don't know who's who he's going to be in four years. And there's definitely precedence for guys similar to him, not like him, falling off of a cliff. And if that's true of a guy with, you know, with Russ's body, it's certainly true of Kyrie's. When you look at the Celtics, though, I think there's still a lot of questions. I agree. I mean, are you running? I'm rooting against them. Hor- but then who are you rooting for in the East? If it's not the Cavs and it's not the okay. Celtics. Okay, okay. See, it can't be Toronto. I always have. No, it's, I'm ne- sorry, Toronto. No, it's Canada. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Um, they, the, the Raptors and the Hawks are kind of in the same place in my mind of like, I, I can respect the hell out of you without liking you in the slightest. There's just nothing, you know, like human to really attach yourself to. And I know Hawks fans and Raptors fans would totally disagree with that, but the rest of us know you're wrong. So I just have this weird hierarchy of, and I don't always know until, literally until the first foul is called in a series who, like my body knows who it's rooting for. My brain doesn't always find out until it's actually underway. I believe that I am rooting for the Celtics to knock off LeBron, but I will then root for, let's say that happens, which unlikely, but whatever, I will then root for the Warriors to defeat the uh, the Celtics, despite the fact the Warriors obviously not as likable as they were two, three years ago. Now, I think the Celtics with Kyrie are going to be incredible to watch. I just have a lot of questions in terms of their physicality in the paint in being able to match up with, not Kevin Love, I don't think that's a, a question if you stick Horford with him, but are you really going to put Gordon on LeBron? And does that matchup work? Like, that just seems comical in my mind. The only time and I watch... Tatum is too young as a mm-hmm. rookie, and Jalen Brown can't do it. Right, right, right. Hey, look, I would love for this team to not quite be good enough and then to age out by the time the next core comes along, and then you kind of have to, the, 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 the conundrum that Celtics fans are most afraid of because it's actually the worst-case scenario for them since their future is so rosy, good for a very long time, never great. I mean, sign me up for that. I you know, I didn't watch the Jazz play last year. I meant to. I really, really meant to, and I just never got around to it. I watched them in the playoffs, and I just saw, you know, because it's 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 instructive in a way as somebody who isn't diehard, who is somewhat casual about the way that I follow. You hear the reputations. You hear John Wall, John Wall, John Wall. Once you get to the second tier stars, and I just saw John Wall as a guy who was like in that series, or whatever, whoever the fuck it was they played. If you're gonna you are going to need to kill this guy to beat his team. And I saw that from a couple of would-be franchise guys. I've seen that from, like, Damian Lillard. And and, and then... Was hey, Isaiah in that? Oh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. He may have been, like, a first-tier... Right. Yeah. And then Gordon Hayward. I, I, I didn't feel like you needed to kill Gordon Hayward to beat the Jazz. And I understand he's less ball-dominant and he does more subtle things. And this is where I'm an idiot and you and Zach Lowe are smart and stuff. But, like, it was very easy to forget that he was on the court sometimes at critical moments of that series. I'm not... I hate to do the the white white comparison, but I I get like a Kevin Lovey thing off of of Hayward of this guy who is incredibly good who is never going to is like to go cross sports like like I, know, I was gonna say Mike Messina 
Like the guy who's just like a really solid number two starter that doesn't scare anybody in the playoffs. So if you were the Celtics, would you would you rather have Paul George or Gordon Hayward? I think I'd rather have Paul George. Paul George is another one of those guys that even when his team sucked and they were barely getting in the playoffs, it was like you needed to kill Paul George. He was putting up a fight against LeBron in the first round, even though the Pacers didn't have a lot outside of him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. I, I just I still have questions on the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I've, got, that- I've got questions about Kyrie because you know we know about his defense. We know about it, 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 is he ever going to find the perfect equilibrium of, sh- of shooting and, and passing? And then you know Horford. You know, Horford's been there. Horford isn't like it's easy for me He's to like contrib- fifteen and seven. Yeah, you can he- count on that every single game. Is he going to get you a twenty-four and twelve game? Yeah, maybe once out of a seven-game series. Yeah, if one of their young guys pops in like a ready to contribute right now kind of way, then it changes everything. I mean, I nerded out watching the Las Vegas summer, summer league, and Tatum was unbelievable. Now those are against eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-old guys as well so maybe the ability for him to post up and kind of use his body which is still rail thin against lebron disappears in the regular season but he was super impressive there's precedent for right was it james worthy was like a number one pick or a top three pick or something that just somehow fell to the lakers because lakers always get chip and i think worthy contributed immediately to those kareem um uh, magic lakers so it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. And they have a bunch of guys that have got to fill the role of, of Crowder and Bradley and, and mm-hmm. can Jalen Brown. Like, I feel like they're going to miss Crowder a lot. Yeah. These are the little, tiny little straws I'm clinging to. It'll be, and I, I think probably Crowder steps into the Cavs as the, that starting, that fifth guy in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll, I just go back to the so dirt that, complete, that, that completes the shooting picture around him, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Not a great shooter, but. He's great. Well, he is. He's really, really good. But if you're talking about. A team to beat the Warriors? Have the Cavs gotten better or worse? I don't see how you could possibly argue that they've gotten better. Right. I just wonder if the drop-off puts them level with the Celtics, and I don't see that anywhere close to happening. I, um, that's music to my ears. Uh, in terms of the rest of the Eastern Conference, one of the things everybody does is uh, talks about like which teams are in which tier. And I think the top four are pretty easy to figure out. You've got the Cavs, the Celtics, the Wizards, and the Raptors. But after that, that it's seat, garbage down. It has been for a long five, time. Five through eight. Yeah, I want to get an idea of who you think is there a team that can crack that top four, and if not, who are the other four playoff teams? I don't know. I'm going to have to look at the list. I was unaware there were other teams in the Eastern Conference. Right now, what like the Bobcats? That's one of the teams that I have in that second tier. Yeah. No. Um, Dwight Howard. <laughs> Are you happy to are you happy to see him moving to another team? Yeah, I think he's really found a home here. You know, he showed up in the best shape of his entire life. You know, Dwight is aware of the the uh, the uh, uh, conceptions and image that there is of him out there, and uh, he doesn't want to be remembered that way. He wants to be remembered as a leader and a Hall of Famer, and what's more, a champion. And I think you're going to see a very different Dwight Howard with the Charlotte Bobcats. So I think they they might be like a seven seed. I had two teams above them. Sure, Milwaukee. Well, that's nice that their owner gets some extra playoff revenue. Good for him. He gets to try oh, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bucks, Bucks, Bucks could definitely crash that party. And Miami. Who knows? Who knows? Analysts love Miami. Right. They like well, love but, yeah. Whiteside and what and what they're adding. And mm-hmm. if uh, Winslow can come back healthy and play well, still super, can't shoot. Yeah. No, they were super fun. It's super bummer that I, I love Dragic. It's it's a shame they didn't make the playoffs last year. They absolutely should have. 
Yeah, uh, in the realm of possibility that they that the raptors get worse and they get better, or, or or your beloved wizards are not a a legitimate four seed in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. Yeah, sure. The Bucks, I the Bucks, I really like. I get the Bucks and the Timberwolves mixed up. Well, they're also like two teams people love. They're like, oh, this is my most one of my most watchable teams. Yeah. I can just flip on League Pass and yeah. I want to watch those two teams. Yeah, I went and saw the Bucks play at the Staples Center last year, and Giannis's defensive stance, like you need to see it in person. They talk about his height, they talk about his wingspan, his leg span is. It was like watching a two-legged spider. When like like Blake tried to post up and and he just kind of like tripoded himself on 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 Blake and it was just like his legs covered half of the paint. I am very bullish on Giannis. What would your max? Is he an MVP candidate? Not this year, not next year, but who's the other MVP candidates? Are we looking at? I mean, if you're looking at Durant, LeBron, Bron, Bron, Westbrook, Kawhi, nobody, nobody from the Warriors should win MVP <laughs> unless like four guys get hurt. And they still win sixty-seven games. Nobody should win the most because they are not the most. Val- How can Kevin Durant be the most valuable player when the team won a championship the year before? What did they win it more? Fair enough. Should Westbrook have won it last year? Or was Harden the guy, or was it Kawhi? Right. Well, I actually uh, cast my ballot. I do vote for the WNBA uh, MVP for Kawhi. There's, as we all know, there's a lot of different ways of shading it, and and you could have Westbrook first, you could have him fourth, and it all kind of makes sense. Harden was a revelation to me. I didn't think he could be that guy where he just made right decisions all the time and he 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 it was the combination of wanting to do the right thing and the ability to do the right thing when it was right for him to be ball dominant and to shoot. That's what he did when he attracted in the same way that he drives like he says he has no plan when he drives. He just looks at you and then he shakes a little this way, shakes a little that way and as soon as you make an iota of a mistake in one direction he's gone the other way i feel like he's the same way when it comes to should i drive or should i kick it's like as soon as the defense commits one foot too far this way i'm going to make the pass and westbrook isn't that kind of passer granted he racked up the assist totals but he isn't that kind of uh passer so i think you could easily make the argument that harden was more valuable than westbrook despite you know you wanted to honor the triple double season but then Kawhi is arguably as valuable as them offensively, and he's arguably the greatest defensive player in the game. Certainly, if he focused on his defense, could be easily the the, the most dominant defender. So, you know, basketball, they say, doesn't exactly count for totally half, but it's close to it. So I actually thought Kawhi Leonard was the MVP. So if you're looking at this season and you're knocking the Warriors off the list as potential MVPs, are you doing the same with... Westbrook because he added Paul George and Mello and are you doing the same with Harden because he added Chris Paul therefore are we at LeBron and Kawhi as the two guys now look these are shades of gray because now we're saying right if there's more than one superstar on your team can you really be the MVP if you get a super team the Warriors were a super team who added Kevin fucking Durant they're different they're different no no if uh, frankly and, and you know it's weird that we still don't vote we don't include the postseason in the in the individual award conversation. By the way, NBA awards were a surprisingly rewarding viewing experience last year. They went to Vegas and they I did fu- a whole presentation. I, I right? laughed. I cried. It was emotional. It was really, really, really nice. That I didn't th- catch him this year. That Thunder's assistant coach guy was. I mean, you know, we all know he's got a just a a, a terrible story and a, a, a wonderfully human take on it. But, Monty Williams. Yeah. But Westbrook's speech, the um, the I think the rookie of the year guy, the most improved guy. I mean, it was like a, it was like a fucking it was like a rally for 
how humanity could become better people. And Charles Barkley was making jokes and they made fun of uh, 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 Steph Curry's wife. It was great. <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, so we're at, I think. Our- oh, but to answer your question, if they, uh, it, it, like say, if the, if the Rockets were to beat the Warriors in uh, the, the Western Conference Finals or something, in my mind, I don't care what the awards are. The best player on the Rockets is probably the MVP of the league because all bets are off on assembling super teams after what the Warriors have done. Right. So we're at probably, I think, uh, an agreed seven playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. The eight, Just pencil in the nets and you're good. The eighth seed. I'm wondering. I don't have Brooklyn there. I have Philly I or Detroit. Gonna, I think they're going to surprise you. I think D'Angelo Russell's got a real chip on his shoulder. I think he uh, wants to prove the naysayers wrong. How many times is he going to shoot a game? Like, <laughs> ball dominant. Out? Yeah. I watch, the, I watch the, the Lakers as much as I watch the Nets. As someone who, is, uh, who wears a Nets shirt all the time and lives in Los Angeles, I think I watched each of them zero last year. Are you trusting the process to get Philly into the eighth seed mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over Detroit? Andre Drummond had no surgery in the offseason, apparently well, breathing plus. better. Wow. Maybe that'll help breathing his Breathing and walking. <laughs> Maybe that's it'll a, help his free throw two, percentage. Two things I look for in a cornerstone big man. So, he can move and he can breathe. <laughs> yeah, dude, Philly. I think Philly, uh, in my ludicrous opinion, has, has like a chance to be like a, like a six seed or something. Could they play with like Milwaukee as a five seed? Is the, well, I would have to think Milwaukee is better than the Sixers just because they've they've been there a couple of times now. They have some battle-tested guys on their team. And Giannis, you know, you get in the league and you're like, I think I want to be the best. And then you need to actually pull some shit out of your ass and almost surprise yourself a couple of times and be like, fuck. I didn't, I mean, I thought I could go toe-to-toe with LeBron. I used to look in the mirror and be like, you can totally hang with that guy. But you have to actually do it. And then once you do it, I think you're a, you're a changed man forever. And the Sixers just don't have those kinds of experiences yet. But talent-wise, it seems like the Bucks and the Sixers are pretty similar. Are you excited to see the Sixers now? Mm-hmm. Somewhat close to what their final product may be? Yeah, I never had a problem with the process. I just the excitement about the team has somewhat diminished now that they're like, okay, I think this is the team we're going to go with. We're going to pay JJ Redick twenty four million a year to shoot threes. Did but, they just sign him for one year? Yeah, it's just a one. It was a one year, like twenty four million dollar contract. So who cares? And now you're going to roll out Fultz and Simmons and Embiid and a couple of their other young guys, Sarge, are, are really entertaining to watch. I just see here's where people are just so incredibly stupid. It bothers me over and over again. You can't, you would need to run the process in a lab like 10,000 times to actually decide whether or not something like the process is is a good idea or is the ideal way to build a championship team in the NBA if you're not in one of the super glamour franchises. It reminds me of, and I think this is pretty, I don't know if this has gone away. I don't follow baseball anymore. But the Red Sox, everybody always wanted bullpen by committee. Who This closer thing is just made up nonsense. It's old school baseball folklore hokum. And the Red Sox were like, that's true. And this is when Epstein first came in and we're going to do bullpen by committee. And it didn't work. And then Everybody gets to say, well, there you go. I hope, hope you guys can take your fucking calculators back home to your mom's basement. And it's like, no, that bullpen by committee did not work. It does not mean bullpen by committee doesn't work. You can only read so much into it. seems like the process worked. They successfully got top picks and didn't pick incredibly stupid people over and over again. Whether or not that's going to translate into like a contending team has no bearing on the process. The question is, is now the player's health. 
Right. Well, because they kept on drafting uh, injured guys so they could stay right. bad. That's, well, that part of the process you can feel free to speculate on. How many games does Embiid <laughs> play this year? And uh, Simmons, for that matter. Do they both play more than 45 games? Embiid will play, I am going to say, uh, 38 games averaging uh, uh, 23 minutes per game. And if you're Philly, do you max him out next offseason? I guess that's the, the terrifying thing. I guess you have to, right? Right. Even though he continually has knee problems or mm-hmm. foot problems, just yeah. like his house is breathing. <laughs> his breathing is good. <laughs> Nasal passages, very clear. Uh, so now that I think we've got like the playoff teams, the East, the tanking teams look mm-hmm. awful. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the idea. That Atlanta must be working. to have traded out Millsaps and yeah. Horford now, or not Horford uh, and Howard. Right. I mean, Howard may have been a negative overall as just a dude. Yeah. Now they just have uh, Schroeder as a negative overall dude. <laughs> yeah. Who just got arrested uh, a couple days ago for like assault. Yeah, um, somewhere Jeff Teague laughs. And and Kent Bazemore, who makes tons of money from Under Armour and got, <laughs> got Steph Curry there. But yep. they, his claim to fame will be that he got his teammate signed to a sneaker deal. They're not good. <laughs> uh, Indiana isn't in like full tank mode. Who do they have? They've got a. Uh, oh, they got what's his face, the big guy. The big dude, uh, his name is escaping me, Miles Turner. Yes. And then they've got, you add Oladipo, you add uh, Sabonis. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. But yeah. it's, it's not, they're not rookies. And so that's the thing. If you're not tanking with young, like super young guys. Oh, you're guys, tanking. You're, if, you're, if you're featuring Victor Oladipo, you're, you're, my friend, you are tanking. But I don't think you're tanking. Sabonis, Sabonis, like the jury's out on Sabonis. He's very, very young. I doubt he's going to be extraordinarily good, but nobody really knows. I know what, what Oladipo is. That was, man, the fucking, the... I mean, did Presti already lock up executive of the year? He has to have. You've traded Oladipo and Sabonis and got Paul George granted short contract. Willie Stick Ryan is going to go to the Lakers, but you gave up guys. Okay, you probably wanted Sabonis, but you needed to get rid. You needed to get out of that uh, Oladipo contract by all costs. So you would have traded him for you know like Timothy Mozgov, right? And then you turn around and do the exact same thing with Carmelo. Like the two worst contracts that you had were Ennis Cantor and Victor Oladipo, and you fucking flip them into Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. It is pretty amazing. That's the, wizardry. The, wizardry. Problem, the problem I see with Indiana is they're, is they're not as bad as Chicago, Orlando, or Atlanta. I, I put them right there with Brooklyn and New York. Oh, how dare you. Okay, well, let's go. I, I, I like talking about the bad team. So Chicago is, is awful. Who's their best guy? Awful. Uh, their best guy would be... Wait, I got rosters here. Uh, it, it's not the rookie. Um, <laughs> the, the, What's your best player is a guy whose name I don't know? Mark, it's not Markinen, the tall white dude. Um, it's Chicago Bulls will be rolling out Chris Dunn, Justin Holiday, Paul Zipser, Miritich, and uh, the second best, Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think they're going to be terrible. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. Yeah, they're they're tanking. And then you look at a, a team like Orlando, which uh, what they've done over the past six, seven years is embarrassing. Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton, those guys, they've been in the league a while. Mm-hmm. They might be better than Chicago. Aaron Gordon, Payton, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, and Vucevic. Vucevic. Yep. 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 Running Bismack Biombo and, and Maurice Spates. Off the bench. A lot of depth at center. And Atlanta. Like, the the Hawks have nobody. Schroeder, entertaining. Nah, he's terrible. He's garbage. But they're going to be terrible. And so then you look at 
Indiana is like you're not in full tank mode. And with the kind of smoothing of some of the mm-hmm. uh, NBA draft lottery odds, like you've still got to be in the bottom three or four to get that fifteen percent chance. Right. Let me. Th- I just don't see Indiana there. I think the Nets actually want to win. Like, here's where this is where because I'm going to go ahead and say that the 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 Nets will only be like the the fifth worst team in the East. Yeah, I think yeah, I would I would say sixth or fifth worst. And the fucking and 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 I want to at least because all you have as a Nets fan is is Schadenfreude is to go aha take that Celtics that last pick isn't worth as much but they already fucking dealt it. So even if we're like, I could root for mediocre this year, like shitty lower tier mediocre, and even that serves the Celtics' purposes because it makes the trade that they made that much better. Right. It's just don't th- sleep on these nets. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Alan Crab. What about sleeping <laughs> on the New York Knicks? The New York Knicks are the most rewarding experience of my of my life as a sports fan is rooting against the Knicks. Like, why has somebody not written the book? Of just Isaiah through uh, who else did we have in there? You've had uh, well Hornacek is the coach right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean the the front office guys. You had him, and then you had uh, poor poor Pacers guy Donnie Walsh, who actually right. kind of tried to do the right thing. And I think we had Isaiah again. <laughs> You've not had Charles Oakley in the front office, and still no. not allowed in the garden. So uh, Oak that's was a awkward. piece of shit there too. No, there's no there's no good guys in Oak Dolan. But the, yeah, the Knicks are ex- extraordinary. I, I I really believe, as someone who, who is biased biased against the Knicks, that they um, have played Porzingis too much when he did have small injuries and his um, his body wasn't ready for it, and it was completely unnecessary because since they couldn't possibly win, and Porzingis will never reach the ceiling he ought to have had he been handled properly. That's what I say. I would say that the Knicks are far more watchable this season than past. See, Carmelo. Knicks fans are not stupid. They're just stupid in their blind loyalty. They're not stupid about basketball. They're a pretty intelligent fan base. And I feel like, as somebody, again, who didn't watch a minute of the Knicks last year, (laughs) but I do read the New York papers all the time. I think Carmelo left with essentially the respect of the New York fans for what he brought to the table in in terms of basketball. Obviously not a total player, but, but... his uh, ability to create, his ability to score, and um, his desire to win, but just being in an absolute no-win situation. I think, I think a, you're a little down on Carmelo. There is a question of his desire to win because forcing that he trade— taking the money in. Yeah, yeah. The, the forcing that trade a year before free agency right, okay, to no. deplete all of the Knicks' potential assets and just give them over to Denver. Okay, I think he wants money more than he wants to to win, and I think he wants to go where he wants to go more than he wants to win but i think once he gets all the money and lives where he wants to live and is married to the lady he wants to be married to then when he has painted himself into an impossible corner he does try his best to make the terrible team that was largely of his making win so i'm not sure how to feel about mellow after that i'm not sure if that's <laughs> a positive talking, or I'm negative talk, i'm just talking about the product that you get on the court is i don't think he's one of these like empty stats guys i don't think he's like a, a ewing uh ewing theory kind of guy i right. think carmelo anthony is is like is 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 really good at what he does and he's a little bit grittier in his way obviously not in the physical way that he plays although he is you know a physical player offensively but in like he has the potential maybe not anymore but to be that you've got to go through me to beat my team in the playoffs kind of guy so will you watch a Knicks game this year 
I, I mean, I'm not excited. All, not all of it. I'm excited for a Porzingis and either Cantor or Hernan Gomez front line. I'm a little concerned about Ron Baker and Douglas McDermott starting in the backcourt. Hernan Gomez is going to have to be the greatest defender of the NBA. He's, he's going to need to be Bill Russell back there if you're going to have if you're going to have Ennis Cantor on the floor. I, as somebody who really really likes Ennis and sympathizes with what his dad's going through and his family's going through, I, I like Ennis a lot, and his offense is pretty marvelous. But his defense is yeah, you just play five on four when he's out there it does not exist the espn death chart has it as ron baker starting the french point guard that they uh drafted as backing him up which is kind of crazy they gave tim hardaway an insane contract by the the sound of it right in, the but in their defense his dad used to play really well against them so that's why you do that it's just uh i'm a little concerned but maybe we'll see poor zingus in a different light now that mellow is not yeah, there sure. that's, and that's, that's the exciting that's, that's the exci- yeah that's the upside and that's the thing that you can look forward to watching is it's it's Porzingis's team so i think we've gone through the the eastern conference which mm-hmm. i feel like I mean, we didn't did spend a ton of time in the nets but okay <laughs> I, you, about, you want, did you want to talk about jerry Lynn, jeremy lynn's hair right so uh jeremy lynn writes an article for the players tribune discussing why he decided to go with uh dreads as his hairstyle to start the season so he has have we seen photos of this <laughs> oh they are tremendous the dreads are really tremendous and he spoke with a Nets employee, a black Nets employee, about it. And the Nets employee was like, yeah, you can do it. Don't don't freak out. If it's something you look back on and decide it wasn't for the best, then cool. It's a learning experience. But uh, I will go and get dreads with you, Jeremy Lin. And so the two guys went and got dreads. Oh and God. Jeremy Lin's now on the court with the dreads. It's funny, weird. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. It's perfect because he's the face of the franchise, and the face of our franchise really should be an Asian dude with dreads. That's like <laughs> he should be. The, he should just when he stops playing, he should just be the mascot and run around like that. Because it's fucking perfect, dude. I read like I get you, you can't watch you can't watch the Nets. But as I've always said, rooting for the Nets is like is like um, you buying penny stocks. You just buy them and you forget about them for years and years and check in every now and again to see how they're doing, and. When I would, you know, because there is, there are beat reporters who do only get paid if they keep writing stories about the Nets right. for New York papers. And mind you, not every day because nobody wants to read that. But two or three times a week, they're like, "Yeah, we do have another basketball team. Let's see what's going on with them." And I can't tell you how many times the story was like, "Yeah, coach says he expects Lynn back pretty soon." Like. We could really write this ship once Jeremy fucking Lin <laughs> gets back, and and so it was it, it was no disgrace that he was our best player and our only hope to be to compete for you know possessions of, of NBA games. But it's all on Jeremy Lin that he went with cornrows and now further shaming us. What what are the what's the Nets starting lineup? Oh, I'm glad you asked me that. Uh, I've looked it up on the internet because <laughs> I'm wondering. I think you do yeah. you roll out Lin at the two. Yeah, I think you have to. And you start Russell at the one. Right. That's not what... Oh, Damari Carroll. Holy fuck. I thought Crab was a forward. Small forward shooting guard? Right. I mean, with Portland positions are kind of all over the place. Right, right, right. So D'Angelo Russell, you give him the rock. Uh, You got Rondé, (laughs) Alice Jefferson, (laughs) who I hear very good things about. I haven't gone around watching him play (laughs) basketball yet. We will be starting um, our highest paid player, Timothy Moskov. I like Moscow. I actually really, I, re- I really liked him as well. I, I feel like he. I, I could be wrong. He's like a classic because the Nets are just like they've been an expansion team for like forty of their thirty five. You know, forty five years. He's like a classic expansion team kind of guy where you're like he doesn't move the needle for anybody, but he is like he does have a legitimate role in the NBA. There's a re- the Celtics, the Lakers weren't playing him because they're you know trying to get the young guys going, but we might as well. We have nothing to lose. We don't have any picks. 
Damari Carroll. That hurts, man. That really, really hurts. He's, uh, he's, he's, uh, who's the guy that we fucking got from the Trailblazers for the pick that became Damian Lillard? Oh my God. Uh, oh, what's, I'm blanking. Oh, it doesn't matter. He's, he's Damari Carroll, the same guy where you're just like, man, you're trying really hard. I know you, I know you want to be good at basketball. You just aren't anymore. It's a shame. Who's guy that kept fucking passing around the league? Everybody just had his contract for all. Doesn't matter. I might be lower on Brooklyn after hearing that starting five than I thought. D'Angelo Russell, Alan Crabb, and Jeremy Lin, some combination of the three. I, I don't know why there's such a so much pressure to get Jeremy Lin playing time. I guess the idea is maybe he can show D'Angelo Russell the way you play the game with his fucking dreads. <laughs> <laughs> and then Damari, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Mozgov. I'm looking for some... Uh, for something to believe in on the bench. And I'm yeah, I mean, how many young dudes other than Russell are on that team? Like, Crab's relatively young. Crab, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. And they and they did make trades to get picks. Man, that's you're I know. When's the next when's the playoff appearance gonna happen for the Nets? Are we looking like five years down the road? Well, if there were Nets fans, they would have demanded long ago that the Russians sell the team. Because I just want to say this in defense of the trade and in defense of Billy, Billy King, who is largely indefensible. When they made that trade to with the Celtics, the idea was we are going to keep throwing money at this team. We already have a decent core. Even if we don't win championships, we will be drafting in the 20s. Those first-round picks are not going to be all that valuable. Everybody go back and look. Many people were in favor of that deal. I feel like there was a slim majority of people who thought that that was a better deal for the Nets than it was for the Celtics. Go back and look it up. And then two years in, I think the Russian had some financial problems and was like, fuck it, we're not paying anybody anymore, and pulled the bottom out on on, on salary, and that's when they went in the shitter, and that's when those picks became so incredibly valuable. So based on that, I'm going to say they will not go to the playoffs as long as they have Prokhorov as their owner. And there's no reason for him to sell. Other than if he's got yeah. severe financial trouble. No, I guess the NBA made their peace with the, the Nets being a piece of shit a long time ago. I don't know why that should change. Yeah, that's rough. That is that is a rough team and mm-hmm. a rough Eastern Conference outside of the top two. Yeah, it's been, Maybe it's been that way for a long time. The Western Conference doesn't look as rough. Of course not. The this is so great. We were like uh, we were like ten minutes left. We yeah. talked about the Western Conference. Just run through the actual storylines that matter in the NBA this season. Uh, Spurs in, in, have won. in nine minutes. Spurs have won sixty games back to back years for the first time in franchise history. Yeah, injuries. Tony Parker, Kawhi Leonard, Tony Rudy Parker. Gay. Is, Tony Parker's a shell. So you're starting Patty Mills to begin the season. Don't well, really well, know. I don't, I don't know if they'll ever start Patty Mills, but Patty Mills finishes games. So I think I think Tony's looking to be out maybe till December. Yeah, I love Patty. Um, I love Patty. I like fans. Rudy Gay, blown Achilles you're, in your you're, early thirties. You're, you're welcome to your opinion. <laughs> that that spells trouble and just the Kawhi uh, tendon issue in his in his thigh or mm-hmm. quad, whatever. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be you're right. Well, injuries are the hugest X factor in all this, and and none of us. I mean, Kawhi doesn't even know, so so we don't know. You know, Isaiah Thomas, Kawhi. Well, look, it's it's boring if 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 Kawhi can play, even if Kawhi can't, the the Spurs will still win like fifty three games somehow. But do you expect, do they drop below Oklahoma City and the Rockets in terms of the tiers in the West? How could you bet on that? On paper, yeah, of course. In If I had to bet on it, how could you bet against them? Yeah, that's true. I guess I am, in one of the teams you just mentioned, I'm not sold on Chris Paul whatsoever. I've not been a huge, huge fan of like watching ever? him with the Clippers. Okay. I don't, I think... Part of him as the the head of the players' union and real strong personality, I just felt like that kind of sh- overshadows some of his deficiencies as a player. 
which comes are, off like I think he comes off as just a dick on the court. Okay, so his biggest <laughs> liability on the court, ability wise, skill wise, is he's a dick. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big deal for the point guard, and yeah. I don't think he's on the same athletic level as Steph, as Westbrook, as I mean, now that Tony Parker's older, but I thought Tony Parker could run circles around him. I just I'm not sold on the Rockets and what they can do uh, this year. I that's that's totally fair. I love the Rockets. The Rockets have become a really fun experiment because they just throw a bunch of shit in the in the cauldron and just see if if they can make the stuff stick. And so far, they have a pretty decent track record at, at making that. So, I think it helps that Chris Paul is at a point in his career where there can be no question that. It's James Harden's team. You know, how you basketball-wise actually work out the two ball-dominant guys. They say they've got it figured out. I think both of the guys want to make it work, so that is, you know, 50% of the battle right there. I just don't think you're asking Chris Paul to be the same guy with the Rockets that he was with the Clippers. What type of guy are you asking Melo to be with the Oklahoma City Thunder? Third option? Well, I definitely would be... uh, I, I I would expect the OKC fans to have their pitchforks out if there's ever a time that one of those three is not on the court. So I think, they're, not that he's going to be off the bench, but I think that there's going to be a lot of times where it'll be, hey, Carmelo, the bench units are out there. You stay in and just try to get yours. <clears throat> I don't really know. I, I, I But I think as far as third options go i'm really excited about maybe i'm really missing something but paul george is a really good defender right yeah and a really good scorer so i feel like you always say oh well there's only one ball well yeah but they're going to be running stephen adams and uh andre roberson out there roberson and 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 so i think three guys can share a ball I really do. And then defensively, you obviously have your issues with Russ. I'm sure he could be a great defender if he wanted to be, but expend so much energy on the other side. Carmelo, who knows what he's capable of being. He's not a good defender. But now you have three. You basically have three elite scorers when you play offense, and you have three elite defenders on the other end. And I've never really, I can't recall really having seen an NBA team that's just so offense and defense, but I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I think they would be the the two seed in my mind. And Spurs Rockets in a toss up for three four. Yeah, the that tier below them. It also, it felt like something like congealed for the Rockets last year. Like, and this is why this is such a but weird. Didn't it all fall apart in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. But this is why it's such a weird league. Is because I felt like they had like I don't want to say like a dream season, but they just clicked. They were just so much better than the sum of their parts, and obviously still not nearly good enough to beat the Warriors. But I would just be skeptical about that the parts fitting so well and it's not magic but something like that repeating itself a second year i wouldn't be surprised if they regress a little bit but i don't know but maybe i'm not being realistic about what chris paul brings to the table i mean a lot of the analysts are are sold on chris paul throwing capella a bunch of labs and uh, i like capella, and, I like capella and finding ryan anderson and eric gordon for for shots i guess mm-hmm. I'm i like con- ryan anderson i think he's hilarious i'm concerned i guess the other tier of, of teams in the Western Conference that um, some people are excited about would be the Timberwolves, of course. They're on everybody's list for the past three, four years sure. with Wiggins and Towns, and right. now you had Jimmy Butler. A number of people are, are high on the Clippers now that Paul's gone and you add Gallinari. Okay, let's talk about Danilo Gallinari. How many full seasons has he been able to play? Everybody ACL talks- one season, which knocked out at least part of another season. Mm-hmm. He punched that dude in the Euro games this summer, broke his thumb. 
Uh, I saw him in Target like two weeks ago with the cast on his thumb still. Oh, really? Yeah. Really just mad dogged him in the aisles as he was buying uh, uh, bathroom supplies. He's big, huh? Oh, yeah. He's a big what kind dude. Of, what kind of bathroom supplies is he into? He's just a bunch of uh, toilet paper and like bath mats. Like very fluffy bath mats. More like, than all right, one? All right, Danilo. Yeah. Who needs more than one bath mat? What's he doing? What's I, he up to? It's a very hot model chick was with him. And yeah. then just like some short, fat European dude in like capri jeans. Yeah, it's probably the guy who owns him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Gallinari, if, it's so funny because people talk about Gallinari like he's like this secret, like shadow all-star, and yet he's, and I granted he was playing with the Nuggets where you wouldn't have really seen what he was doing anyway, if a tree falls in the forest, et cetera, but like, he, if he were a difference maker, wouldn't he have made a difference by now? Yeah, it's a, it's a health issue, and those Denver teams were weird. They didn't get a lot of, of national press, so if you weren't an, a follower of them, you might not have been keeping tabs on like what Kenneth Freed is doing or what uh, Gallinari was doing or, or all those other guys. So it'll be interesting. Um, <clears throat> trying to trot out a DeAndre, Blake, Gallinari, and the uh, point guard from Houston at Beverly. I think, I think DeAndre is going to be a problem. I think this is the year where DeAndre's like, you know, I was willing to be the third option. And I'm not saying he's going to demand to be the second the second option, but, you, it, you know, he might have been a little bit afraid of Chris Paul. There's nobody there that he's afraid of. That's not Blake's temperament. I think this is going to be every man for himself. I think Blake's going to get hurt again, and then you're going to really see what they have there. I think the Clippers are a prime candidate to take a huge step backwards. Do the Grizzlies drop now that they lost yeah, Zach terrible. Randolph yeah, and Tony Allen? Yeah, they're awful. Still got Gasol. Still got Conley. Yeah, sold on Conley. I think we're seeing the beginning of the end of Gasol. Trailblazers looked good last year. I don't know what happened to them. With Lillard and uh, the other point guard, as well as uh, Nurkic, who before the broken leg looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nuggets, as we said, a lot of people are, are really excited to see what Jokic can do. With that team and some of the other players. I still can't keep my Nurkic's and my Jokic's straight. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough. I've got it highlighted here exactly which on which is on which team. Uh, but they're both terrific. Jazz? Add Rubio? Right. Yeah. Obviously didn't uh, didn't help that Gordon Hayward left. That's not a that's not a, a big uh, win for them. But uh, you know, I like that uh, the French guy Gobert said all the right things about you know we can still make some noise here. So maybe they can. Uh, we're in the Dirk retirement tour. Yep, yep, yep. Dennis well, Smith looked really good as a rookie in, in Summer League, and Knicks fans are apparently livid that they passed on him for the, the French guy. Yeah, Knicks fans are always livid about the thing that they could have, should have, would have done. But yeah, Dirk got his ring, so he can just hang out and be Dirk now. Who knows what the Pelicans are going to be like? Pelicans are going to be terrible, and that's why Anthony Davis is going to end up on the Celtics, and then I'll be really bummed out for another 10 years. Does DeMarcus Cousins get traded as well? Yeah, probably. I wonder what happens with him. I really, really, really wonder where. I hadn't watched him play a whole lot, too. And, man, his body language is just unbelievable. He is just like a human wet rag that needs desperately to be washed. Yeah, that but makes sense, but you know but what I mean. But he's also in the best shape of his life. Whole Everybody. new attitude. Right, training right, right. camp looking good. He's, he's aware of the critics. He's aware of what the doubters have been saying. And he's looking forward to, uh, to changing a lot of minds here 2017-18. Hey, we got to go. Bottom teams. Kings, Lakers, Suns. Lakers most right. exciting sounds about right to me sure why Lonzo not Lonzo Ball Mania yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, boy that'll be fun to be living in for the next couple of years thank you Andrew Groose of course everybody can hear you and me on the Jason Ellis show and uh, this has been fun I look forward to uh, hearing whether or not anybody else agrees with us fair enough <laughs>